You're listening to the Two Minute Trench Run. I got a bad feeling about this. A weekly hit of Star Wars opinion that won't make you late for the Kessel Run. Hello, I'm Don Thompson, and this is 2MTR, episode 18, Totally Spoilers, Thoughts on The Force Awakens, for December 22nd, 2015. Hit it, R2, and welcome back. Just so we're absolutely clear, this is spoiler territory, okay? Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not seen this film, stop listening now. Okay, I think that's fair warning. Woo! What a movie. Okay, I'm going to talk about this first, I think what I felt, and then what I think about it. Okay, so here goes. This movie made me feel great. I mean, J.J. did such such an homage for the fans. Um, so many little lines and surprises that were totally geared for those of us who have been living with this original trilogy for more than 30 years. The way the Falcon was revealed, and little lines like, is there a garbage chute? Stuff like seeing the training remote in the cockpit briefly. Just, you know, little nods that, you know, I... See, I'm speechless. Boy, when Han stepped out onto that catwalk, because that's the pink elephant in the room, right? He steps out onto that catwalk, and you just know, well, that's that. I mean, there's only one possible conclusion to this. And sure enough, and it was like, wow. Um, I think Harrison Ford got the sort of ending for Han that he wanted, being kind of a martyr. Um, I think his death meant something. And I think we're going to be learning more about that and understanding more about how that went down over the course of the next two films. More of what I think. I think that Ray is stellar. I think that Daisy Ridley is stellar and lovely. And Ray is just such an interesting character. I don't care if we ever find out what her backstory is. I don't want to know that she's related to anybody. I don't think she has to be related to anybody. She can be her own person who has super force sensitivity and she's discovered it right before our eyes. That scene where she's trying to do the Jedi mind trick on um, Daniel Craig in the Stormtrooper armor, if you didn't know that, um, to release her. And just seeing her work that and discover her own power was fascinating. I think that the next film is going to just reveal so much about the character of Luke Skywalker. Already, just knowing what we know about his failure at starting a new Jedi Order, and now he's gone into hiding and exile, which, if you'll recall, I kind of predicted that he would do that, um, and that Luke would be the MacGuffin of this film, and he was. I think that says so much about the, the hard, hard journey that Luke had to undertake in the original trilogy that I think a lot of us just kind of took for granted. Oh, he becomes this hero. And, well, no, he, he, it was hard for him. Look at how he enters Jedi. He's wearing black. He's force-choking pig guards. You don't know, unless, you, unless you're ultimately familiar with the trilogy, you don't know how this is going to go for Luke. 
he could be following in his father's footsteps. And in fact, that's kind of what he taps into in order to beat Vader at the end. So I think learning more about Luke is going to be really interesting for the next film. Some folks online are speculating that the fact that we see the corridor on Cloud City um, from Empire Strikes Back in Rey's Force Vision means that Rey is somehow also related to the Skywalkers. I say no. I say that is coming from Luke's lightsaber itself because that lightsaber has been present at so many pivotal events and is imbued with force energy from the chosen one, Anakin, who built it, as well as Luke and all he's been through. And it was in the possession of Obi-Wan Kenobi for all those years. So that lightsaber has seen a ton of stuff, and Rey is getting a glimpse of that. And she's hearing Yoda, and she's hearing the voice of Obi-Wan, and it, uh, it overwhelms her. And that is her hero's refusal of the call when she runs away from that and says, I don't want any part of this. So, again, no, I don't think she's a relation to the Skywalkers, um, as as some people have said. I think the cast had amazing chemistry. I mean, Poe and Finn, I could watch a whole movie just about them going on an adventure together. They were hilarious and just thoroughly enjoyable. Um, Finn and Rey, again, also, what a team-up. Um, you know, Finn trying to just bluff his way that he's a resistance fighter. And it, it's just sort of, you know, you want to hide your smile behind your hand like Han does with Lando in Empire. Um, you know, and there's so many of those, like, comic moments that harken back to the original trilogy. Uh, it's in similar situations, which, again, it all rhymes. It's uh, a cycle. If you went back and read that uh, Star Wars ring theory that I recommended, there's a reason why the patterns repeat. And I am delighted that J.J. has seen fit to continue in that tradition and tell a parallel story. You know, the character that I felt for the most in getting really just banged around and, and hurt was the Falcon. Oh my gosh, they crashed that ship into so much stuff. I kept going, no, stop. Oh, the Falcon, the Falcon. But, you know, apparently it's pretty tough. So it it managed to make it through the film. Whew. As for the bad guys, I don't think we quite know what General Hux's deal is yet. Um, or Captain Phasma, for that matter. I'm sure we're going to get more on them in the future installments. I think Kylo Ren is really interesting. What a twist on things that he is this guy who wants to be dark, but he keeps being tempted by the light. I think that's fascinating and an an interesting angle to take on it. Um, So we're going to be, I think, witnessing a journey for him that, well, we'll see where it takes us. Starkiller base, it's fine. You know, people complain, oh, it's so unoriginal, it's a new Death Star. Come on. Every movie like this has its giant super weapon that needs to be defeated. It's not really the point. It's just, again, a driver, a MacGuffin for the plot and for the characters. So, yes, it's bigger and badder, and I'm totally fine with that. 
I'll finish up by saying that the music um, didn't really stand out to me. I certainly noticed the familiar themes, the Han and Leia's theme, Leia's theme by itself, you know, and, and the familiar Force theme and Luke's fanfare coming in at appropriate times. I, I never otherwise noticed any strong new themes. Apparently there's a Ray's theme. I didn't pick up on it. I'm looking forward to hearing the soundtrack and really getting to know this music as I've gotten to know all the other scores. I, I think that Star Wars mu music is brilliant and John Williams, of course, is just a genius. So that is going to be exciting to get to know that music. If you don't, I highly, highly recommend a podcast called Star Wars Oxygen. It's part of the Rebel Force Radio family of podcasts. Uh, look it up. It's an outstanding, detailed look at all of the film scores and what they are doing, what they mean, what John Williams was trying to accomplish, and it's, it's just really fascinating. So even if you're not a, a music aficionado, they're worth a listen. You get a lot of insight into how these trilogies are constructed and how the story works thematically. I think that's going to do it. This two-minute podcast has gone on for ten, so I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in. You can find the show notes in your podcast player of choice or at projectfalcon.tumblr.com. Share, rate, and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you want to get in touch with me, look me up on Twitter at numeral2mtrguy. So long, and may the force be with you.